Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. Daniel chapter 4. I do got something in my heart that I've been pondering for a while. I, I stayed with the Lord yesterday and yes, last night and I just couldn't get this digested. And I told Kevin, I said, I got a strong thought, but I cannot get this thing digested. And then before, God's always faithful. Just right before, I mean, I went in there and I was shaving last night and I, I just went in and then it just come to me, just, just like fell down. And I said, Lord, I appreciate that because I, I knew I want to talk at you. I want to preach to you this morning a message called Don't Dig Up the Stump, okay? Ain't nothing funny about that. Listen, Daniel chapter 4, I'm in rare form this morning. Verse 10, these was the visions that this is King Nebuchadnezzar. He has a dream. Nobody can interpret his dream. We're going to, we're going, so they call in Daniel. Daniel's name is uh, Belshazzar is what Nebuchadnezzar renamed him. Um, and so he's fixing to tell the vision, the dream. These were the visions of my head while on my bed. I was looking and behold a tree in the midst of the earth. I'm in verse 10. And its height was great. The tree grew and became strong. Its height reached to the heavens. And it could be seen to the ends of all the earth. Its leaves were lovely. Its fruit abundant. And Hello. Y'all work with me. Its height reached to the heavens and it could be seen to the ends of all the earth. Its leaves were lovely, its, its fruits abundant. And in it was food for all the beasts of the field, found shade under it. The birds of the heavens dwelt in its branches and all the flesh was fed from it. I saw... I saw the visions of my head. Help me with this right here. I saw the visions of my head while on my bed. And there was a watcher, a holy one, coming down from the heaven. He cried aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree and cut off its branches. Strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Lest the beast get out from under it and the birds from its branches. Nevertheless, look at this in verse 15 is where I want to draw us attention. Nevertheless, leave the stumps and its roots in the earth bound it with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him graze with the beast on the grass of the earth and let his heart be changed from that of a man. Let him be given the heart of a beast and let seven times pass over him. This decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whom He will and sets over it the lowest of men. Now in this dream, this is not a good dream to dream if you're Nebuchadnezzar. And when Daniel has come before him to interpret the dream, he says, oh, I wish it would be uh, that of your enemies and not you, O king. And so, as Daniel, he has all of the music, all of the magicians, and uh, and all try to interpret the dream, and they cannot. And so Daniel comes before him, and Daniel tells him that the tree in which has grown to heaven and and stretched out is you, O King Nebuchadnezzar. And he said that the seven times is the seven years that the kingdom's going to be stripped from you and that you're going to grow feathers like the wings of eagles and that you're going to grow, uh, you're, grow talons out for fingernails and you're going to eat like a wild beast. You're going to eat the grass of the land for seven years. That tree that's being hung down is God. He's going to hone you down because you're full of pride and you said that you've built all of this and you know that the word came to pass, I believe it was 12 12 months after that, Daniel, uh, I mean, Nebuchadnezzar was in the kingdom and he said, look at what all I have built by, by my power and by my hands. The words were still in his mouth and God struck him and he became like a wild beast. But it said, nevertheless, I'm gonna cut, I'm gonna cut the branches off, I'm gonna cut the tree down, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of all of that, and you're gonna be like a beast in the field. But he said, nevertheless, listen to this. He said, nevertheless, he said, leave the stump. Put a band of iron and bronze around the stump. 
Listen, I came to talk to you this morning. I feel like the Lord, I've had an, I know that I'm preaching what I'm supposed to be preaching as the way this service has went. Listen, I heard Bill Johnson say this some time ago. He said that any move of God is a move of God. I'm looking for people this morning that don't have to have an oak tree booming to the sky. I'm looking for people that don't have to have a full-blown tree full of branches, but you can get excited because there's a stump hanging in the field. Don't you know that people walk by and told Nebuchadnezzar, look at him. He's like a wild beast of the field. But every time Nebuchadnezzar looked at that stump in that corner standing over there, he said, that's a reminder of the promise of God. Listen, all I got to do is endure this thing for seven years but God said there's something going to come out of that stump again and he's going to restore me back the kingdom back my authority back the power that's on my life see we have got listen any move of God is a move of God if a cold disappears we just had a move of God hello if God shows up on one song we just had a move of God I feel like as I feel like as a church, we're waiting on the shiny shoot evangelist to come in, like he brings revival anyhow. Listen, any man of God can come through the door. They're only riding what you and I have already sown into the ground. Hello. Listen, when Steve Hill went to Brownsville, listen. When he walked through the door, listen, let me tell you what preceded that. What preceded that was two years of John Kilpatrick laying on the front row at 5 a.m. in the morning saying, come God, come to this area, move God, move to this area. Steve was just going to run any ordinary revival, but when he showed up there, he met the prayers of the saints that was already in that area. Let's look at this. Go back to the book of Isaiah. If you're if it, you, your first time visiting here, I'll holler, okay? Isaiah chapter 11. In verse 1. There shall come forth a rod. There shall come forth, listen to this, a shoot from the trunk or the stem of Jesse. And a branch shall grow, and out of its roots the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, and the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor by the hearing of his ear. Isaiah standing up, if you read, go back, Isaiah uh, through the first 10 chapters in Isaiah 10, he's talking about the king of Assyria and he talks about how his forest is going to be leveled and he's talking about stumps. But listen, the children of Israel had no hope in this moment. The, the, the one part of the kingdom of Judah had already been taken. They were under bondage. They, they, they had disobeyed God. They, they had no hope. They were like the coal country, if you will, in our in, in, right now going on, you know, up in the Kentuckys and things like that, where where coal countries disappeared or whatever, and and they they supposedly got hope in the White House. Our hope is not in the White House. Our hope is in Yeshua, Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody, that changes every four years. He's never changing. Come on now, and so. They, they have no hope and you, can you imagine having no hope and you talk to your kids they have no hope and then all of a sudden is uh, Isaiah stands up and he's prophesying he's, and he doesn't go back to, to David but he goes back to Jesse before there was ever before there was ever a King Saul before there was ever a Hezekiah before there was ever any king that made a mistake he went all the way back he said watch the stump of Jesse there's going to come a shoot from that stump and when he comes listen the spirit of the Lord will be upon him. That shoot that sprang forth from that stump was Jesus Christ. It was a young shoot in a manger that at the seat of the church was expecting some king to come riding in on a white stallion. Listen, no, he came in the form of a little shoot coming from a stump laying in the manger. Listen. Listen, God will never send us the move that you walk in and all of a sudden you're in the glory. It's how you celebrate the small pools of glory. It's how you celebrate the little bit of a presence of God. Can we honor him like a king of kings and the Lord of lords? Come on, somebody. It's what we do with the little that determines how much you get. 
I can't help nobody up in here. Listen, it's how you handle the hundred dollars. If you can be faithful with the hundred, God can release the thousand. If you can be faithful with the thousand, God can release ten thousand. Watch the stump. Don't remove the stump. The stump represents hope. It represents promise. It's something I can look to every day and say, listen, my God may not be doing everything that I want Him to do, but let me tell you, He's doing something. Proverbs 13, 12 says this, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, it's a tree of life. You can Google this. There was a man, I believe it was in the 50s, did a study on rats, and he put these rats in like um, buckets or jars of water. And he dropped a rat in there, and he was going to see how long the rat would swim. Well, he drops a rat in there, and the rat takes off swimming, and he swims for, you know, a few hours, and then he goes to the bottom, just drowns. Drops another rat in there. He goes for a few hours, goes to the bottom and drowns. Drops another rat in. He, go, he swims around for a few hours and goes to the bottom. So then he takes the rat and he drops him in the water. And he's swimming around and he's swimming around. And right before he goes to go under, he pulls the rat out of the water. He nourishes the rat. He, he feeds the rat, rests the rat. Drops him back in the water. When, a, when he dropped him back in, he noticed that the rat didn't swim for hours, but he swam for days. And they did this study and said, what is the only reason that can make that rat keep going is this, is that he had hope that if he kept going, somebody was going to save him. Listen, what you and I need this morning in this house is a fresh anointing of hope. Listen to me. To look beyond the circumstances, to look beyond defeat, to look beyond failure, to look beyond where we've always heard it preached. You don't understand. I've been hearing it for 10 years. I've been hearing it for 15 years. And it's around the corner, over the hill. We need a fresh thing of hope to say, God, we're here. We're going to run till you come. God, we're going to tarry till you get here. We're going to keep plowing, Jesus said. If a man puts his hand to the plow and look back, he's not fit for the kingdom of heaven. God is looking for people that can keep plowing. Go to Matthew chapter 15. We either going to get revival or you're going to be the death of me. Matthew chapter 15. Verse 21. Lee, give me just a little bit of this. Make it where I won't have to hold it so high. But I don't want to kill them either. Matthew 15 verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Cana came from that region and cried out to him saying, Have mercy, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and urged him saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, Is it not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs? And she said, Yea, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. I thought about this. Think about it. She's going into town saying, listen, I'm going to meet Jesus. And when I meet him and when I have a conversation with him, I know that my daughter's going to be healed today. But when she gets to him, he's surrounded by his elect, the disciples. And he goes, she goes to him and she says, Lord, my daughter is sick. And I, I, I need, she needs deliverance. I need your help. And he don't even hardly acknowledge her even standing there. 
but then finally he turns around and says, listen, I'm not sent to you. I'm only sent to Israel. You understand that you and I have been grafted in through adoption. Come on, somebody. We got time to preach that. Galatians, you and I have been grafted in. Now there's one new man in Christ Jesus, right? Huh? He went to his own, but his own didn't receive him. So we got the opportunity. Come on now. And so he said, listen, I'm not come to you. I I mean, I'm not not even half acknowledging you. Matter of fact, it's not right for me to take the crumbs from this table. Notice he didn't say it's not right for me to take the meal from the table. But he said, I'm not going to take the crumbs from the table and give it. I'm not going to give the meal to you, but I'll tell you what I will. Let me preach it right. I'm going to give you the crumbs. I'm just giving you a crummy miracle at this moment. You know that everybody probably in her family was laughing at her, saying, look how crazy she is. She don't got no miracle. She ain't got nothing but a crumb. I learned this a long time ago. Listen, everything that is in the cake is on the inside of the crumb. I can't get no help up in here. I came to preach. Listen, we know this. I know this, that Audrey... Dickerson can cook, can cook a mean whatever that seven wonder heavenly bread manna from heaven type of cake and you know this if you got a pound cake the best part of that cake is the crumbs that's falling down in the center listen if there's eggs in the cake there's eggs in the crumb if there's sugar in the cake there's sugar in the crumbs my God if there's sour cream in the, in the cake sour cream is in the crumbs she said you may not think I got nothing but eggs listen I may not have nothing but crumbs but eggs Everything that's on that table is in this crumb. Come on, somebody. I don't have to have a whole tree. All I got to have is a crumb. And this is enough faith right here to make my daughter whole. Why can't we celebrate over crumbs? Come on, somebody. I said, why can't we lose our mind over just some crumbs? I don't have to have a big miracle, just a crummy miracle. Oh, my God. No, we got to have the Coliseum. We got to have the lights. We got to have the smoke. We got to have the big time evangelist to come in. No, listen here. I'm just as crazy when I feel my hair starting to stand up. I don't have to have the whole body. All I can get is goosebumps and he's here. And he's here. And I begin to acknowledge his presence that he's here. And I say, God, we worship you. Holy, holy. See, you and I had the opportunity this morning while you were sitting down filing your fingernails, you had the opportunity to stand up with the angels of heaven and join in with their song saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Isaiah 6 said, cherubims and seraphims circle his throne saying, holy, holy, holy. See, they don't have nothing. The only thing they can do is say that you and I got the opportunity. We can either choose to do it or not. So how much more is it when we choose to say, Holy, Lord God Almighty, Holy. Let me tell you this. Sometimes you got to do it by faith before you get the feeling. You can't live your life by feeling. you got to live your life by faith. Don't you think when she looked at the crumb on that table, she said, there ain't no way my daughter's fixing to be made whole. Don't you think that those thoughts were going through her mind? You didn't get the whole meal. You didn't get a whole touch. You didn't, you didn't get the oil poured on you. No, but she said, listen here, I believe enough this. If I got the crumb from the meal, I got everything I need. Jackson Sinyanga come from Uganda. He said, when we, when we pray for healing... He said, we just stretch our hands and say, be healed. And he said, the people get healed. He said, but in America, you got to go put oil on them. You got to touch them. You got to prime them. You got to do all of this. You got to coach them. What, why do you think just waving the hand, listen, the people receive it by faith? Come on. You don't receive it through a bottle of oil. You receive it by faith. Hello. It's reaching out and say, it's mine. You reach out and say, it's mine. See, if you got a need in your life, I don't care if my neighbor's going to worship God or not. 
Even Bartimaeus was told to please be quiet. You, you, you troubling the whole service. You causing a stink with the whole service running through here with a flag looking crazy. Listen, but Bartimaeus said, you know what? There's only one person in this town that can change my eyesight. It ain't, I've been to your church three times in a row. You preaching the same dead sermon for the last month and ain't nothing changed in my life. But I know this, if he's truly the son of David and my praise can stop him. Listen here, when Bartimaeus stood up before he ever said anything to Jesus, he stood up and laid his beggar coat aside. Why? He said, because I'm telling you right now, I will never need this coat again because when he speaks to me or when he looks at me, my eyesight's going to return. This is faith. Through the foolishness of preaching. Matthew chapter 8, let's go back. Getting crazy over a stump. See, let me tell you this. After having a service that we did in this room with these different leaders, it would be foolish to pray for breakthrough for unity. We got breakthrough for unity if you'll act like it. Come on, somebody. We broke through. Had 17 leaders join their hands. Come on. We don't have to pray. God, would you do something? We just got to celebrate like it's already happening. My God. We the church are running around with a big checkbook, but we ain't writing no checks. I'm not mad. I'm mad at the devil. Destroying his works right now. I'm busting up his lies right now in the name of Jesus Christ. He's a defeated foe. Come on, somebody. I said he's a defeated foe. Have you ever read the Bible? Colossians says Jesus made an open shame of him, defeating him, friend. He got blown out of the water. The competition wasn't even close. Hello? I came to, my God, I feel the Pentecostal right now. Listen, when all of hell was dancing around saying we got him, he made the greatest comeback the history has ever recorded. Three days in the tomb, Sunday morning, something began to shake, and the Son of Man come out of that place as a resurrected Son of God. Hello. We, the church, have got to realize that devil is defeated and rise up and take our place. I feel bold as a lion. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered Camperton, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof but only speak a word my servant will be healed for I also am a man under authority having soldiers under me I say to this one go and to that and he goes and to another come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it when Jesus heard it he marveled and said to those who followed him assuredly I say to you I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servants was healed. That same hour. Let's just put it in our time. He would have had to come to our house, turn Rick Pino on at least an hour. I hear the sound of the river coming down. About 30 minutes later, we'd have probably started feeling something. We'd have made it through the flesh, halfway into the spirit. We'd have started feeling goosebumps and then maybe we could have had the faith to believe because now Jesus is in the roof, something can happen to the servant. But this centurion said, listen, I'm not looking for the whole tree, man. I'm not even looking for you to come whole revival. I'm not even looking for you to share the scripture with me. All I'm looking for is one word. 
Help us out, Amanda, right here. Pull it up. I'm going to ride your wave. Do you realize when you get one word from heaven, everything just changed in that moment? Do you understand when he releases, but he told people, he said that my words are spirit and they are life. What was not created before I just said something now just got created. Where the door was not open before I said something now, you have the ability to open that door. That door that would not shut before I just said something now has the ability to be closed because my word is spirit and it is life. This is why you got to have the word. The Father is the initiator. He's the great thinker of heaven. Jesus is the communicator. He is the word of God made flesh, according to John 1.14. When he releases something, the Holy Ghost is the manifester of what he sees. At creation, Father said, man, won't it be good for us to have light? Jesus stood there as the word and said, let there be light. When he said, let there be light, the Holy Ghost started creating light. Do you understand when he got the one word? When he got the one word from the communicator, the Holy Ghost started running back to his house and manifested what his word said. God, give us a church to believe the word. Give us a church that will stand on the word. Friend, I'm not up here hollering for exercise. I'm trying to give you what God told me to give you. And if you can look past this fat, bald-headed South Georgia country boy and believe that there's a God on the inside of me hollering at you, you would believe the word and you would act on the word. That when we prophesy, we don't prophesy our own thoughts. We're prophesying the word of God. Just give me one word. Just give me one word. I'm looking directly into your eyes. Just say one word. Just say one word. I'm a man under authority. I understand authority structures. See, I'm a boss man, but I also have a boss. And I know this. When that boss man says to me, come, I come. When, I, when he says, go, I, I go. And I understand those under me, when they hear my word, they do what I say. But you know what, Jesus? I got authority in the natural realm. But I understand something about you. You got authority in the supernatural realm. Probably all the way back home, people was laughing. He went to go get Jesus, and Jesus wouldn't even come out here to his house. You know you hear the voices. You hear the voices. I hear the voices. Ah, oh, this church is dead as a hammer. Look at them. They can't even show up to church on time. But yet I got to trust in God that God said he would bring forth something out of this region that a South Pole would rise again in the South and there would be a move of God. Listen, I'm believing for a high school to be turned over by the presence of God. I'm looking for a middle school to be shaken with the power of God. He went to go get him. He ain't even going to come out here. He turns around, walks steadfast. I got a word. I got one word. I didn't get a whole sentence. I didn't get a whole paragraph. He didn't rip part of his latest book out and hand it to me. He gave me one word. But sent my servant out to tell, tell my servant this. He said, according to my faith, he's been made whole. I got enough faith in this one word right here that it's going to take every situation and turn it around. Can we get faith in just one word? You got 66 books full of them. Why is Kenneth Copeland 80 years old still look like he's 40? Because of faith in just one word. John chapter 6. Jesus is going to the other side. Notices a great crowd following him turns around and says guys we got to feed them we got to feed these people one of them speaks up and says my God my gosh Jesus just send them on to the house 
Do you understand it's going to take 200 denario worth of bread to feed this group of people? Besides, we ain't got all, we ain't got the ovens to cook it. I mean, you, you're talking about feeding all these people. We go, it's going to take us the rest of the day on into the night just to feed them, just to prepare the bread. Not only that, if we take the 200 denario, that's 200 days wages out of the treasury. Judas ain't going to get to steal as much from us. Come on. Jesus turned around asking them the question. The scripture says that he knew himself what he was already about to do. This is what I love about God. That I love the fact that he's confident in himself and he can win with a pair of twos. No matter how big your mountain is, you bring before him, honey, it ain't nothing but a grain of sand. Do you understand that Isaiah 40, 12 said he holds everything in the span of his hand. That's from the tip of his thumb to the tip of his pinky. And in Hawaii, that means hang loose. God's saying in every situation, I got you covered. Just sit back and hang loose. Moses, you're looking at a red sea. Just stretch forth your rod. Hey, you remember when you laid it down and it became a snake and you picked it back up again? Listen, that's my authority. Just touch the waters right there and watch them roll back. Joshua, just get back. Listen, I know that the river's at flood stage. I know that you're scared. That's why I said be courageous. That's why I said have courage. Just take that ark you're walking around with. Listen, and when they pick it up and rest it on their shoulders, when their feet touch that Jordan, I will stop the rivers in that Jordan. This is the presence of God in the Old Testament. How much more are we in a better covenant? We don't have the presence resting on an ark. We have the presence inside the ark, which is us. Jehovah is God for us, Yahweh. Emmanuel is God with us. Holy Ghost is God in us. Two hundred denario. Judas is sitting there thinking, "My gosh, if they take the two hundred, it's gonna cut me short. I have to lay off. They're gonna recognize I'm stealing." How many knows Jesus had to have some kind of funds flowing through the ministry when he had people dipping into it and the others didn't catch it? Hello? If you got $10 and somebody's dipping on two of them, you realize you got eight. I just had a thought. Sometimes I'll lay my wallet on my dresser and my boys will go get money out of my wallet and put it in theirs and now that's their money. I'm going to tell you this. Your father's wallet's laying right on your dresser. Why don't you open it up and get something? I dare you to open it up and get something. All of a sudden there's this young lad coming. He's got a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread. Jesus, remember he said, I already knew what I'm about to do. I know what I'm doing. I don't know what you're doing, but I know what I'm doing. I'm fixing to test and see where you're at. This is, this is a test right here. I'm going to see how much faith you're working with after you've done seeing the stuff you've seen. After you've done seeing in Luke chapter 7, I stopped, a, I stopped a funeral in the city of Nain and resurrected a boy. Come on now. The scripture says they look around and said... Here is a young lad with a few fish and a few loaves of bread. But what is this among so many? This is nothing but a little stump. We don't need a stump right now. We need a full tree. We need Carter's Catering to pull up at this moment. Jesus knows that the full-blown tree is in the stump. It's how you handle the stump. Lady shows up at Bethel one Sunday morning. She's in need of $500. Pastor Bill here, she needs $500, but he only has $50 on him. Hands the lady $50. 
boom, there's your 50 bucks. He said, listen, I don't have 500 on me, but there's 50. What I'm telling you, the 500 is in the 50. She leaves that service and goes to the grocery store. There's a family in front of her that is short on their groceries. They're about $50 short on their groceries. She knows she's got the 50. Listen, she needs 500. She don't need, she's only got 50 now. She's got enough faith. She's got 50. If God gave her 50, surely he can supply the other 450. The word was what? The 500 is inside the 50. How you handle the stump. Look at your neighbor and say, don't lose the stump. They're $50 short. She reaches in, takes the 50, hands it to the family she's in need of. That's in need of the 50 bucks. She leaves the grocery store. When she pulls up, somebody pulls in her drive that was sitting in the service and said, listen, Pastor Bill only had 50, but I got the whole 500 right here and God wants to bless you. Listen, it's how we handle the stuff. Go with me to 1 Kings 18. I'm almost done hollering. Where's the book of Kings at? I can't find it. Tell you, you work right here with this air conditioning. I know y'all want me to lose weight, but man, I'm I'm, I'm dying up here. <laughs> I'm about to start uh, staining my loafers here with sweat. I'm working out. We supposed to eat. That is why God's half anointment this morning. We supposed to be eating no carbs, and I backslid yesterday. Had Oreos and milk. Confession's good for the soul. I'm, I apologize, Glee, but I fell off the wagon. I'll be back at it. <laughs> Father, forgive us. Father, help us to go crazy over the small things. That's all I'm trying to preach this morning. It's the small things. It's how you go, how we respond when the presence comes in this morning tells me everything where we're at in the church. Tells me everything where you're at in your walk with God. Hello. First Kings 18. Verse 41, then Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink for there is the sound of an abundance of rain. Let me ask you this. Where did that sound come from? Where did he hear it? Did he have the weather channel? Did he have WALB telling him that around 3 o'clock there's coming a rain? Where was the sound at? The sound was on the inside of him. Come on now. The sound wasn't out there. The sound was in here. The sound was not out there. The sound was in here. He said, get up there because I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I'm hearing it here. Elijah turned around from the servant, got into the birthing position, and began to call out unto God. As he began to call out unto God, he sent the servant to go look. And the servant came back and said, I don't see nothing. This is where we get. When we go look and we don't see nothing, we give up. How quick are we to forget? Are we to, to give up? Well, I don't. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Elijah said, I'm telling you, dude, get back on the mountain and go look again. Because this is what I know. If God gave me the authority to shut up the heavens three and a half years ago, surely He's given me the authority to open them back up. Can you stay right there? 
That's why I love about preaching. You can drink on Sunday. Go look again. He goes and, you know, Elijah, I just don't see nothing. I'm telling you, I'm starting to hear the sound a whole lot longer. The sound's starting to roar. It, I'm telling you, what, what sounded like just a faint whisper is now sounding like some winds picking up. Go look again. Elijah, I know, I know that you say that you hear something, but I'm telling you, I just don't see nothing. I'm telling you, stay out there till you do see it. Stay out there till you do see it. He said, Elijah, I do see something that's trying to form. And it looks like the cloud the size of a man's hand. It's a little bitty raindrop looks like out there. Elijah stands up on that mountain and said, I'm telling you right now, gird up your horses and gird up your loins and you better get back into town before the rain stops you. You know that his servant had to... Think about this. He's telling me to gird up the horses, gird up my loins and take off to the city because that little bitty cloud is about to stop me and prevent me with enough rain to damage the roadways that I'm not going to make it back to the city. Let me, let me tell you this. I, th- I, th- I thought about Lou Engle. On the night that the Supreme Court Justice was nominated. I thought about all of those that have been through J-Hop and all of those that have stood on the Supreme Court steps with the red tape across their mouth. And while the world is laughing at them, especially from the West Coast, look at those idiots standing there with tape on their mouth, you know, with the words life. Look how crazy that is. And we get a man nominated. We're headed in a direction that we could see Roe versus Wade overturn. I don't care what how you was raised. I'm trying to preach you what the Bible says. God's for life, friend. Hello. 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 I'm for a woman's right, the right to choose life. Come on, somebody. We'll adopt it. We'll help you. We'll pay for it. Come on. The reason why we're in trouble with taxes in this country is because we killed all our taxpayers. Hello. Let me say this. I don't think that Lou needed somebody to tell him that Roe versus Wade was going back in the courtroom the next day to get excited. I think he was celebrating the fact that there's a cloud the size of a man's hand hanging out there. That's Holy Ghost language right there, friend. Listen, I don't, I don't need a bunch of people to run around and go crazy to get this. I know that the cloud the size of a man's hand is here, friend. Are you with me? And I'm trying to convince you that it is here. Yeah, yes, oh God. He said, get up, take off running. Take off running, take off running. Get back to the city. You don't understand that little bitty cloud that's rising up into that ocean is fixing to be the greatest flood ever been known to man. Get up! The drought's fixing to be over. A move is a move no matter what size. And you, let me tell you what's happening this morning. Inside of you there lies a stump. And that stump, while you're sitting under the sound of my voice, there's green shoots popping all over that dead stump in your life. And that's the King of Kings and the Lord of Glory calling you to another level. I'm going to act like I'm in the greatest move of God I have ever seen. You know why? Because I am in the greatest move of God I have ever seen. 
When I wake up in the morning, I am not waiting on revival to come to my church, friend. I'm in revival right now. Whether you see it, whether you want to live in it, or whatever, I am in revival. And I know this, if I can live in revival, my church will live in revival. Because here's the thing. Either you will get in the fire, or you will get out. Say, preacher, that's big statements. It's the only place to live. The reason why we can't get free because we won't walk in the fire. I'm done right here. I'm fixing the clothes. Put your seatbelt on. We're going to land the plane at the airport. I want you to look at this crazy verse of scripture. Let me just read it for you. Proverbs 24, 16. Let me tell you what the stump also represents. The stump also, it represents hope. And it represents being excited about the small thing. But here's one other thing it represents. It represents my comeback. This is my comeback. Devil, don't take a picture right now because this ain't the finished product. Devil, don't, don't, don't shout right now because this ain't the end of the story. The book's still being written. He is the author and finisher of my faith. Come on. I may not have it all together today, but let me tell you something. He's working a work in me that he will complete unto the day of Jesus according to Philippians chapter 1 and verse 16. Don't take the snapshot. Don't rejoice right now. He ain't through. He's building something great in me. He ain't building me after suffering Jesus. He's building me after the resurrection power, Jesus Christ. How do you know that? Because John 7, 38 says, Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, This he spake of the Spirit, for the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus Christ was not yet glorified. The Holy Ghost couldn't be released on the earth until Jesus was glorified because the Holy Ghost is... Hold on. I got 400 things. I got to wait for the cars to park. Listen. God the Father is He's got the model that He's building your life after. He's, he's, he's molding and shaping me. And what the Holy Ghost said is I couldn't be released into the earth because I'm not going to model you after the suffering Jesus. I'm going to model you after the resurrection Jesus. And after Jesus was glorified, that finished product went back into heaven. And when he did, the Holy Ghost stepped on the scene because now i got a picture of what your life's supposed to look like and that's what I'm building it after. This speaks of my comeback. Listen to this. Proverbs 24, 16 says, For a righteous man may fall seven times, but he rises again. Aren't you thankful that God gives us the opportunity to rise again? I heard a man say one time, God is a God of a second chance. I come to tell you today that God is a God of a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance, a sixth chance, a seventh chance, an eighth chance, a ninth chance, a tenth chance, a eleventh chance, a twelfth chance. God is saying, get back up on your feet and get on the race. It's your time for your comeback. My God, stand, I'm preaching up in this house this morning. God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. That voice you hear saying give up is the lying voice of the devil. God never says to give up. God says keep going. I'm here for you. I'll help you. I'll strengthen you. You'll overcome this. slap out God I'm hollering at you trying to make you believe church Micah chapter 7 and verse 8 says this do not rejoice over me my enemy when I fall I will arise I thought about Samson in Judges chapter 16. Samson was a man gifted by God with unbelievable strength. He was a Nazarite. He didn't cut his hair. 
And he met this woman named Delilah. And Delilah surely but surely wooed him to get him to cave in and to say where his strength came from. And when he, when he told her where the strength came from, and, and they cut his hair, and they were able to, the Philistines were able to capture him. And they, they held him in this, they held him in this inner prison and they were laughing at him and said, watch as, as Samson makes sport of us. They had blinded him. And they were all on this upper roof. And Samson was down there and they was, Samson was below them and they were laughing at him and making fun of him. And he leaned over and told one of the keepers, he's blinded and he said, take and place me between the two pillars that my hands may feel the two pillars one on the right and one on the left Samson knowing that he served a God of comebacks he looked up into heaven and said God I blew it I'm not going to lie to you Delilah was so good looking I couldn't keep my hands nor my eyes off of her and I caved in and I told her where my strength came from but God I know this that you're long suffering you're not willing that any should perish I know that your word says that the righteous may fall but they get back up and God God, I'm asking you for one more time right here. Would you come one more time and anoint me like you did in the past? And the Bible says God came on him one more time and he shook those pillars and he killed those Philistines and it was more than when he had killed before. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.
your glory Such a time as this, he's calling. Wake up, child, it's your time to shine. You will walk for such a time as this, he's calling. Wake up, child, it's your time to shine. You will walk for such a time as this. He's calling deep under deep, deep under deep, deep under deep, yeah. Deep under deep, under deep, deep under deep, yeah. Just raise our hands and receive it right here. Let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven and let it rain let it rain open the floodgates of heaven gotta let it rain let it rain Gates of heaven, God let it rain, let it rain. Oh, so we say, open up, open up the floodgates, open up, open up the floodgates, open up, open up the floodgates. And we say, open up, open up the floodgates, open up, open up the floodgates, open up, open up the floodgates. We say, open up, open up the floodgates, open up, open up the floodgates, open up, open up the floodgates.
Somebody set your feet to dancing. Oh, open up, open up the floodgates. Open up, oh. get excited about the club. Get excited about the club. Oh, we say, open up, open up the floodgates. Open up, open up the floodgates. Open up, open up. Come on. Hey, we're fixing to get out of here, but listen. In Africa, when it gets really, really dry, the elephants have such a strong sense to smell the water underground that they will call them all there to that one location and they will pounce the ground till the water comes up. They will make that ground yield what is underneath it. We will be a congregation that will shake the ground. We will make this dirt yield what she's been promised. You believe it? Are you with me, church? I gotta leave knowing today that you're with me. Come on. Come on. Now let's shake it one more time. Let's go out of here on a high note. Now let's do it. Come on, I want you to shake the ground with your feet. Oh, we say, open up, open up the floodgates, open up. Open up the floodgates, open up, open up the floodgates. We declare, open up, open up the floodgates, open up, open up the floodgates, open up. Oh, we say, open up. Open up the floodgates. Oh, we say, open up. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Yeah, yeah. We say, open. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just bless him. Father, I just thank you for Avery. I just thank you for him, Lord. I just thank you for him. And I just walked by you. This is what I just heard the Lord say. That there's a call of greatness upon your life. Even that, listen to me, look, you may see like the Tyler Perry's and stuff like that, that that's out of reach, but the Lord says that's not out of your reach, son. I'm telling you, there's just a strong anointing upon your life to bring you just from, I just see like, just like I preached about that tree just going real high into your life. And I'm just telling you, just celebrate the journey and each small steps. Just be faithful with the little and God's going to reward you with much. There's just great things in your life that I see. It's just potential un- unreal. And Father, I just thank you for Avery. I thank you for the high call of God upon his life. I thank you, Father, Father, for just that he's going to be there. He's going to fulfill everything that you destined him to walk in before the foundations of the world. Father, he's not going to the right nor to the left. He won't be dead.